This podcast is sponsored by Tell2App.com. Welcome to The Life of a Networker. On this podcast, we are featuring industry leaders from the network marketing profession to share with you the stories, inspiration, and leadership. Now, here is global business developer, leader in authentic sharing technology, your host, Mr. Mike Fedick. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Mike Fedick here, and this week I'm excited. I've got the great fortune to interview uh, someone who's become a dear friend of mine over the last couple of years, but more important than that, someone who's had tremendous success within the industry of network marketing, relationship marketing, and uh, he's going to share a lot of his story today, so we'll dive into that in a second. But uh, to let you know, um, I can give you all of his credentials, the millions of dollars he's made, the uh, millions of people that he's helped and, and, and people that have now gone, gotten to travel their dream trips over the years uh, with this program. But more important than all of that, I think one of the greatest accomplishments, and I'm sure he'll agree, is watching other people in his organization make six figures and then go on to make millions. And I just, and no matter what, it's always in a, in a leader's heart to see that and, and being that the, the most rewarding thing. So uh, in the studio today, and I love it saying in the studio because with uh, Zoom today is our new studio, Jefferson, but uh, I've got my good friend, Jefferson Santos out of Dallas, Texas. And Jefferson, welcome, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited, dude. You got a big old, we got big smiles on our faces right now because it's fun to hang out, dude. Absolutely, man. And uh, when I first got connected with you, uh, I remember what I was trying to present to you it wasn't good timing. And I kind of got off that call and I was like, man, I really like that guy though. What else can I try to figure out to do with him? Because I mean, he's really cool. And at the time he didn't need what I was offering. Uh, and then we circled back around, I think about six months, maybe even eight months later. And from that moment, we've hit it off and pretty much have been in communication on a monthly basis with uh, one thing or another. But uh, I'm excited and we're going to dive right into it, man. Let's, let's give these listeners and who's listening in today, Jefferson, is we've got two groups of people always. You know, when you're speaking to the network marketing industry, you've got the brand new folks, right? And you can think back at the time when you were getting started, man, that, that, lighting, that lightning fire, I call it, uh, of people who are excited to, to achieve something big. But the second group are people just like yourself, multi-million dollar earners, you know, or some folks, multiple six-figure earners in their company. And they're looking for just maybe one little inspiring thing that you're doing or that you've done that made that turn happen. So uh, to our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. We're going to have some fun with the life of a networker. Our guest today is Jefferson Santos. So Jefferson, take us back to where it all started before the industry of network marketing what were you doing? Where were you? And lead right up into the story of how you got started in network marketing. Yeah, thanks, Mike, for sure, buddy. Uh, so basically, uh, well, you know, my mother, raising my sister and I, she had three jobs. My parents divorced when I was four. I lived in the Dallas, Texas area. And, you know, it's interesting. When I was nine years old, I, I was at the store and I asked my mom, you know, for a toy, like any kid does when they go to the store, they go through the toy aisle first. That's what I was always doing. And and I asked my mom for a toy and she's like, oh, I can't afford it. And it was like the millionth time I've heard that. And I just got real quiet. I just got, I went real internal and I was just really tired of like always having money be the excuse for everything. And, you know, it's interesting because my mom was always saying out loud in the house or not the house, but the apartment, uh, you know, money's hard to make. And, you know, eventually that programmed my GPS and I thought money was hard to make. And, you know, I lied about my age when I was 14, got a job, you know, started making my own little money as able to get a car and, and make my own car payments and stuff. And so I, 
I wanted to try to control as much as I could, you know, as a young man. But it was funny, like I'd come back uh, from summer break with my friends. Uh, we'd, I'd see them at school and I'd ask my friends, hey, what did you do for the summertime? And they're like, oh, my parents took me to Hawaii and Mexico and all these places. I'm like, dude, I just hung out at the apartment complex pool. You know, that's what I did, right? And we live in Section 8 housing. And I didn't understand. I didn't even know what that was until like after I moved out and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I learned how to play sports. I learned how to make friends. I learned all kinds of things there in the apartment complex and also at school and played sports to stay out of trouble. I played sports to really kind of try to fit in because I didn't have any cool clothes. I had like the off-brand shirts and shoes and you yeah, know, Adidas with two stripes rather than three. yeah, like you know, zips, shoes, whatever. I mean, they weren't even kangaroos; they were like roos. I don't even know, whatever. <laughs> I and but I had to like try to, I, I don't know, fit in somehow, right? So I started playing football, and what's funny is in, in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, you know, we lost as a team. We had a losing record. I was I was an okay athlete, but we lost, right? Then I get into junior high and high school, we lose. My senior year in high school, we're like five and five, like bittersweet. So, you know, I always, so here's what I knew about myself. And I think this is important for everybody as you're listening in right now is you got to know yourself. And here's what I knew about myself. I knew that I wasn't the fastest kid. I didn't have this natural talent, but I had a big heart. And you know what? They don't have a tool for that. They don't, they don't have a, me- a heart measuring tool for your desire. You know what I'm saying? And I had in, in that, that movie, Rudy, we've all heard about. And if you haven't seen Rudy, you got it. Like as a network marketer, you, that is part of your, like, that's part of your curriculum. Yeah, that, <laughs> you have to watch Rudy. Rudy and Pursuit of Happiness are must yeah. watches for network marketers. Yeah, exactly. And remember the Titans because it's like, oh, yes. Rudy, you got to learn how to be a good player and have the underdog mentality. But then t- remember the Titans is like how to work together as a team, right? Because you, know, yeah. you have all these differences, right? So so I saw myself like as a Rudy and I had to, I just had to knew I had to work harder. I had to go to the weight room early. I had to stay later. I had to study longer. See, I went to school early every day to study for like an extra 45 minutes to an hour before school started. So it was fresh in my brain. That was just me. And I, I just couldn't like, like those other students like whiz, like just read a little bit, read one page and whiz the test. That was not me. So knowing that as I got into sports and, and all these things, I, I started to learn, okay, I gotta, I gotta make sure I gotta put in the work. I can't just show up and go up. I gotta put in the work. And so here's, what's funny. Um, I asked my dad, I go, cause I love airplanes. Like my dad worked for the airlines back in the day and, and this, I just, I just love airplanes. So I asked my dad, what do I got to do to fly airplanes? He's like, you got to get straight A's and you got to go to the air force Academy. I'm like, all right. So straight A's equals fly planes. That was like my first major goal. And so I started getting good grades cause I was focusing on that. Right. I think that's one thing to have some sort of a North star, have some sort of a goal or a vision for yourself and your future. So you just, so it takes you in that direction. Right. And that's what I was doing. And, um, it was crazy. I heard about other colleges like West point. That's, that's kind of like the army Academy. Then you got the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, and then air force Academy in Colorado Springs. And so three major military academies. And for me, it was like, that was going to be the easiest way that I could become a pilot. So Found out about the Naval Academy, actually got accepted to the U.S. Naval Academy and played football there. So I want you, I want to pause for a second. I want to, this transition I was going through and we all go through, you know, many transitions in our lives. So I go from living at home my entire life, you know, with my mom and my sister to now living 2000 miles away. Then I go from civilian life to military life. Then I go from high school football 
Texas high school football to now division one, a smash mouth college football, right? <laughs> so three major transitions. Then I got three upperclassmen kicking my butt every day because I'm a freshman there at the Naval Academy. So I'm just dealing with all lack of sleep, stress, standing watch and military duties and football duties and taking 18 credit hours. I'm just dealing with it all. And I'm either going to fold or am I, am I going to grow up? Right. And so, but I thrived on that. And I, and I know that not all of our personalities are, are wired that way, but it was, it was, a, it, I put myself in a position to perform. Now I decided that I, I kind of caught the entrepreneur bug when I was there. So I didn't decide to go all the way through to senior year at the Naval Academy. So I transferred out after my sophomore year. So I was there for two years and I, and I go to another university called TCU, Texas Christian University, to play football there. Now, here's what here's another little lesson here. So I'm in between universities. There's no scholarships left. Oh, by the way, the year I left the Naval Academy, they won a bowl game. And we had a losing record. And now when I left, they had a winning record and won a bowl game. So I missed the ring. I missed the championship. So just kind of log that in your notes there, right? So then I, 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 get, I transfer to TCU. And they don't have any scholarships left. So I'm going to have to walk on. So now what I'm doing in between, this is the spring of 96. Um, I'm, I don't know if you guys remember this, anybody listening right now, East Bay catalog, you know, got the parachutes and, oh, the, yes. and the plyometrics and all the stuff, right? I'm buying all this stuff and I'm doing, so, so I, so in the afternoons, late afternoons, I go knock on doors to sell siding and windows and, um, and roofs. Uh, for like part-time, try to make some money. And then in the mornings, I'm doing my workout, do my parachutes and my sprints and all this stuff. Cause like, I got to get faster. I got to be ready. Even though I'm a junior, I got to go in with the freshman two days earlier to training camp at TCU. And I got to, they got to know who Santos is. They got to know who he is. So once again, I got to put myself in a position to perform and I have to, cause I, I have to prepare. Right. And, and luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And I know I was going to have an opportunity in front of the coaches. And so that's the thing is like when you're pros when you're learning how to prospect and you're learning the skills of network marketing, you've got to be prepared at all times. Now that might, you might be like, well, that sounds kind of weird. Like, don't you, don't you want to have a life? It's like, well, yeah, if you're running the miles and you're working your business, you're going to be prepared at all times that you want, you're not going to have any rust on you because you're always prospecting and you're always doing it because it's top of mind awareness. It's not something you do whenever, you know, it's, it's, you pretty much do it whenever you want to. Right. Uh, and so, so then I get there and I'm, I don't know all the drills. I just get first in line. I go first in line at every drill. And even though I'm messing up some of the stuff I'm first and I'm going fast and after, after halfway through the first day of training camp, they already know who Santos is. And it was because I had, a, I, what was the alternative? Sit in the back and hopefully one day they'll, you know, hey, there's, to have telepathy and think I'm some great player. No, it's like I had to go. So that's what I had to do. And, and um, I was able to play, walk on and actually play game time. I didn't start, but I played a lot. Special teams third down situations and blocking situations, you know, caught the ball a few times. Didn't, didn't, wasn't a giant star player, but I played my part and we lost, had a losing record when I was there, but the year I left TCU, they won a bowl game. So that's two universities, <laughs> two championships that I missed. Right. So it's easy to look back and go, Oh, it was a bad luck charm. Or now that as all of us are adults now, we can all look back on our childhood or look back in the past and have a healthier way of looking at it, right? It's the old Steve Jobs connect the dots when you look back, right? I was a foundation builder. That's how I identified myself as, a foundation builder. So then I get, my mother tells me about network marketing. She invites me to this doctor's house 
got a big old house, starts drawing circles on the whiteboard. I'm like, dude, this looks like football. You know, like I love the whole teamwork aspect, right? And the whole leverage. And I just bought it. I was, I was, I didn't have any time to be skeptical. I don't, I didn't know what network marketing was. I just knew that something that involved the team, I was in on. I don't care what it was. I was in on it. But here's the thing, just because you get involved in something and you have all this desire to, isn't going to make you successful. You can't just add water when you meet your mentor and just be successful. It's not going to happen. I, I was just starting out. So if you think about this, I've gone through all these years of you know losing records with teams, working my butt off, right? And missing these championships. Now I get started in network marketing. I sponsor three people in my first two years, three people my first two years. I sucked bad, right? And I'm going to events by myself because I didn't have a team. And, you know, one of the things that I, and I did a lot too, is I would go to events by myself and I would expect a front row seat, not in a, in a, not in an egotistical way. It was more of like in football, like I always figured out a way to get open so I can get the pass thrown right. to me. I always, there was always like a, a, a seat. There was like an extra seat in between a few people that had like some coats and purses on it. Like there was always an extra seat up there somewhere. And then when I finally, when I, when I walked, I just walked up to the front almost every time I would say nine out of 10 times empty seat. I'd sit down. It was me. And the trainer that was on stage, it was a one-on-one coaching session for a weekend. And that's the meaning I put into this. See, some of us, we spend a hundred bucks to get into a business or 50 bucks or 500 or whatever. We don't treat it like a million dollar business. And, and we don't put the meaning into it as if we spend a million dollars to, to, to build the business. Right. And so that's what I did. I was like, man, this is it. They're going to say something here. She's going to say something that's going to help me. And I did that. I struggled for almost nine years in the wow. industry of network marketing. Now, when I say struggle, I mean, I never made more than $30,000 in a year. I spent more than I made. You know, I, I went to all the events and I, I know there was people that saw me every time going, oh man, bless his heart. I hope he gets a good job one day. You know, <laughs> you know, I know they were thinking this in their heads, like, oh, he's here again. You know, right. he's taking a seat my teammate could have had, you know, but I'm there. Right. And, and I want to tell you this, it's like all, all those habits that I, I guess not, I guess you created over time going to practice early, you know, like the Jerry Rice kind of story, right? Going to studying more than I needed to lifting more, stretching, like all these different things showing up early, all these things collectively compounded. So by the time I got to network marketing and even through my, my beginning years, it's like, I, I just knew I had to work harder. And that, that might be you. You might be frustrated right now going, man, this sucks. Am I supposed to be doing network marketing? That's what I thought too. I've quit several times in my head, but I never told anybody. Right. Right. And I think that when you put your heart over the bar and you want to do well at this and you want your people to do well, of course you're going to get pissed off. Like, you know, we're not robots, right? Like we're freaking human beings, man. So like, we're going to get, you're going to, you might throw something across the room. You might kick something or you just might yell or you might quit in your head. You're like, forget this, throw your hands up, you know, for a few hours. And that's what I did. I've done that over the years, sure. but you know, I have to ask myself, what's the alternative? Am I going to go get a job? Nothing wrong with jobs. I mean, they put food on the table, right? Sure. But once the, once the idea of leveraged residual income gets in your mind, you can't, can't get it out. It's stuck in there, man. It's like, it's like what they call Parkinson's law. It's like once, once you're exposed to a luxury, it now becomes a necessity. Absolutely. You know, it's like nobody, none of us thought we needed a smartphone or an iPhone or an Android, whatever, right? Yeah. 
Hey, you notice that I said iPhone and Android. I'll give it love to everybody. You like that? Okay. Got to give those Android people. Got to give the love to everybody, man. Yeah. So it's like, we didn't think we needed that until you got one. Then yeah. you started using it and you're like, holy moly, I'm never going to go back to a flip phone. I'm never going back to a, an, a dumb old phone, right? Exactly, man. And no, that, you're so, so true, man. And you know, so many things that you said and, and, and a few of them. First of all, East Bay. I mean, come on. I haven't heard someone say East Bay in many, many years. Can I get an East Bay on a, on a, on a Monday? And for those that don't know, this is for people that are sports guys. I was huge basketball, played basketball my whole life, had some scholarship offers and stuff in, in school when I graduated. So I was, I was, when I say that, I don't say it in an arrogant way. I say that as in that it, it was competitive. It was my life. Like we breathed basketball. You were playing football and other sports too. But East Bay, when you got that East Bay magazine, man, and you open it up and the shoes that were in there. And I oh, never man. got the strength shoes they had advertised with the toe where you could get the one. Yes, the yes, I had those. And that will help you dunk because all I ever wanted dude, to do. Dude, was Mike, like, I, this is a big mistake I did. I got so jacked up and excited about these strength shoes. I went out and ran ran uh, like a mile in these strength shoes and almost ripped my calves off. <laughs> <laughs> I, went to the, I went to the high school uh, stadium and in Florida, we have uh, one of the most, if not the most successful um, high school football stadiums and crowds. It's 4,000 people on a high school game on a Friday night, every Friday, but they have this huge stadium. So I went and ran with the shoes up the stadium did about the same thing. Couldn't walk for the next couple of days. So first of all, I love it, man. East Bay is great. But you know, one of the things that you said is, is so true. It's like, it's like in your business, do you have to be on, um, 24 seven, like literally just you dedicate your life to it. In some cases, for some people, the answer is yes. That's what they thrive off of. It's what they love. I think as they get older and they mature, they then slow down and realize, you know, like for example, my good friend who, you know, Brian Carruthers, Brian was, Brian was young and single and, and he just, I mean, he worked 15 hours a day. He built a massive six figure a month business. But now that I watch him, the throttle hasn't been turned off. It's in a different way, but he's still, like you said, and this is what you said is you're running miles all the time when you're jogging and you're running miles, you're never rusty. You're always in the game enough that if someone does come along your way at Starbucks, you're ready to sponsor them. If the company has new promotions out, you're on the calls and you're up to date with the promotion. So you're always in the game as long as you're out there jogging. And at times you're going to sprint. Maybe it's starting to rain. You got to get home quicker. Or maybe it's hot and you just, you're in the mood to go or that one song comes on your AirPods and it jacks you up to run. So I love that about what you said. And it's so true. And it kind of leads me into the, into the next part of our, our question here, because how important along this journey has personal development been for you? I know you now are registered for courses. I see you working with Eric Worre and his team, and I see you at different events and stuff. So here you are 20 plus years later, still in the game registering for events. But on top of the events, what has personal development meant to you over the years? It's everything. I mean, your income follows your personal growth. And if we want, if you look at your current bank account right now and you're not happy with it, guess what? It's time to grow even more. And you have to put yourself in positions to grow. And, you know, we talk about personal, like some of us, some, some of us are like professional students, uh, you know, but that's just learning, but growing actually doesn't feel that good. Right. <laughs> you know, like you know, when you get sore, when you're working out, sore, getting sore doesn't feel good. Right. And so, you, so, you know, by, by uh, uh, we just went through a major transition 90 days ago. And that was the biggest leadership exercise I've ever done in courage, in communication, in just stamina. Like it was 
crazy, but it, but it, but I needed to do that. I needed to be there for my people. I needed to be there for my family and all the people that I've promised the dream to. And we successfully landed and were thriving because I stepped up. If I didn't, if I didn't read whatever books or go to certain seminars or listen to whatever, I might not have been prepared for that situation. And we all know people and those of you that are listening right now, you might've been in a situation years back where you saw, you know, you should have taken the left side instead of the right side of the, of the road kind of thing. Right. And, and that's where, where it's like, I, I don't want to be put in a position where I, I'm not going to be prepared. And so, so with personal development, you know, and that's not just prospecting stuff, right? It's, it's, it's your, your mindset, it's leadership, it's how to deal with the different personalities. It's, it's how to um, think about what you're thinking about, right? It's how to score yourself. I mean, high performers, they score themselves all the time. You know, how clear do you feel? How, how courageous was I today? You know, at the end of the day, journal a little bit, like how did I show up for my family in all these different areas? You're always kind of doing that. At least high performers do that. And I think not every day is going to be a, a 10 out of 10, but you work hard to achieve the harmony. There's not such thing as balance. It's harmony, right? We're spinning plates, different places. And, and so if you're a, a, a new mom or a new dad right now, yeah, it's, it does tug on your heartstrings when you got to do some conference calls, when you got to spend time with the kiddos. But guess what? Um, the time you do spend with them, make it quality time. You know, one of the things that I've done a lot of is, is we've got these HD cameras on our phones now, taking pictures and videos whenever you can. And you can look back and see those memories Every time I take my family on a vacation, we've got so many videos and I have a videographer that kind of puts some little recap videos together and all these vacations. And just the other day we were watching a vacation we took two years ago. My, my eight-year-old is like, Hey dad, can we watch that one cruise? And we sat there and we watched it. So we relive that. Right. And so it's these kinds and of things. Had a pretty we, decent, you had a pretty decent room on that cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one with the slide and the, the slide inside the, the cabin. I mean, it was nuts The the family suite in uh, the symphony of the seas. I mean, you got to look that up. Just Google symphony of the seas family suite. It's ridiculous, but that was a, that was a dream. And, and, and network marketing able was able, enabled us to, to have that and have that experience, but, but just in the backyard or locally wherever, but you get a chance to do that. So um, personal development guys, you're going you're gonna to encounter problems. You're going to encounter situations in your organization with people, misunderstandings, all that stuff. And so what personal development equips you with the armor of how to handle that. Because what you don't do is turn the other way. Right. What you have to do is you have to, you have to meet it right head on and you have to kill the baby shark before it's a little teenage shark, before it becomes a great white shark. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I'm telling you, the great white sharks will tear your business apart from the inside if you don't deal with stuff, right? Know how to know, be aware of it, know that it's there and then deal with that. And that's just, uh, let's say a conflict resolution situation or somebody acting a little squirrely in, in the organization. But it, what happens when somebody in your group starts to have a big ego because you know we're edifying them and all this stuff, like how do you handle these things, right? So. All that takes personal development because you can, I've seen so many people, uh, they, they don't like their upline anymore um, when they, because of the way they've been treated over, over years, you know, and we, and if you're listening right now, I'm not telling you to go leave or anything like that. I'm saying, learn how to work with them first, right? But they, they might not know what they do. They might not be as personally developed as you. And so you've got to be the bigger person. But that's the thing that we have to be good at is we, don't we want our people to be successful? Absolutely. Yes. 
Well, guess what? When they start to get the limelight and we're giving them the spotlight, be prepared to get an ego check. And, yeah. and you've got to learn how to be the bigger person. And because that's what it's all about, developing leaders, not about developing. It's, it's like, like Mike, you know, you, you know, the uh, tribal leadership, that book, Tribal Leadership. Yeah. You know, you've got the five levels of leadership real quick. You know, li- I, uh, life sucks is one level. My life sucks is the second level. So you notice that, oh, their life is good. My life sucks. Okay. That's a, that's a different awareness. And then, and then th- the third level of leadership is I'm great. And a lot of personal development stops at I'm great because a lot of these self-help books are like, hey, be the best person, be the best self. But there's two more levels, guys. It's we're great. That's level four. We're great. So like, okay, they suck over there, but hey, we're badass, right? We're going to kick their butt, right? That's level four. But then level five is life's great. We're all great and have that abundant mentality. Even if somebody's in a different team, giving them your slide deck to help them. Because by giving the neighboring farmers your best seed, you're going to get the best crop. It's that kind of mentality that, that's really going to get you to thrive. Absolutely, man. You, you're so right. And, and, and I think a lot of times we lose that within our industry because it's so much of mine, mine, I created it, my system, this, that. And, and it's easy to get caught up in that. So if you are in that state, and you're like, wow, I didn't even really notice this, but I feel like I'm always protecting my stuff and this and that. To a certain degree, there is that. But then there's also, like you said, the more that you share, the more that you give. Listen, there's over 7 billion people on this planet. I promise you that your deal, there's enough to get enough people in to make you millions for the rest of your life and to leave it to your kids. And there's enough for Tony next door to get millions for his deal too. So always be in that, that share mentality. Let me just ask you this, because you know, this is fun. You know, so, many, so many times uh, we have to be careful uh, when we're presenting for our company and our different things out there. But when you're on my show, there is no regulations. We're allowed to tell it how it is. There's, there's <laughs> speak the Let it rip. Let it rip. And so, you know, when money started really coming in, and when I always say when money starts coming in, like, listen, when you get to 10 grand a month that pays your bills, you can go out to dinner, go on a trip a couple times a year. When you get to 20 grand, you can start giving back a little more, doing some things. But really, when you get to that 30, 40, and 50 level, life really starts to free up. I know for you, when you get past that and you get in even to the six figure a month level, what are some cool things over the years that you've been able to do uh, for your family, for yourself, obviously, um, for others, just some cool things that without money would have never been possible? Yeah, I mean, I think that just writing a check to someone that a friend that needed something and you just got it done, you know, uh, paying my mom's debt off, you know, just bam, just done. Right. You know, like that cruise I talked about that cruise of the symphony of the seas, I took my parents on as well. And I took two videographers. So I took my wife, my kids, and then my parents, and then I had two videographers capturing everything. And so now we have that forever. Right. And so those kinds of things, you know, going to the Bora Bora, uh, Bora Bora's and Tahiti's and Fiji's, I mean, all these things are just amazing memories, but it's that it's having the money to, yes, have all the, the basic needs met. Right. And then, you know, we've got, I've got a P100D Tesla. I just ordered the plaid, which nice. goes zero to 60 and 1.9. So that's going to be here at the end. Uh, it's supposed to be here at the end of 2021. So that's coming down. That's going to be awesome. Um, so it's like, it's so funny ever since I got my, my Tesla, I haven't even looked at any other car because it's kind of like, it's the fastest, right? You know, other than some Titan stooped up nitro, uh, yeah. you know, whatever kind of thing. Yours it's like, for, yours four, is good like for the planet. It, yeah. Instant <laughs> torque, four wheel drive. It's like, bam, it's like, I'm there. Like, you know, and my, my boys, my two, my two sons, I mean, they're always looking up Tesla YouTube videos going, dad, did you know your Tesla does this? It does that all that stuff. Right. So that's fun. Um, being able to have 
be able to learn marketing and learn personal development and leadership and all these things that are outside my company. So then I can bring it back to my team and my company to add value to the company and my team. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I think it's important that you get some of your best ideas and growth uh, from parallel industries or an industry or a uh, type thing. And so uh, I, I soak up all the training in my company, but what I, about I, I learn outside your, um, too. With your son, he, he loves planes and, and you got him a little, a model plane, but then you took him on the actual plane. Share that story. Yeah, that- I remember that. Okay. So this is crazy. So my, 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 my oldest son, Harrison, he's about to turn nine. And he loves airplanes like me. So he's like, dad, you know, the triple seven and the, and the Airbus and the Boeing and all he, like, he knows the difference between Airbus and Boeing, you know, all that stuff. So then he hears about this regional jet, it's called a CRJ. And he heard that the CRJ 900 is being converted to CRJ 550 with bigger seats and just less seats, but more room. So it's like the only route that it goes on is from Chicago to North Carolina, Greensboro, and then back. So I was like, okay. So I go, well, let's go. This is like June of 2020, we went, right? So just me and him, we flew from Dallas to Chicago to catch that flight. But it so happened that the flight from Dallas to Chicago was a 787 Dreamliner. Nice. And we got upgraded to first class. So that was his first, first, first class seat in this pod. He's like, whoa, this is crazy. So that was like the first flight to Chicago. Then the second flight was on that CRJ 550. And so I got him a little CRJ model. So he's on the CRJ playing with his little model of the plane, you know, and that's something that I would, I would have loved as a kid. You know, my dad lived in another state and we didn't hang out that much when I was, when I was smaller, when I was small. And then, then we flew back the next day. So it was kind of a day trip, but he still talks about that. He talked about that the other day. And that was really cool. It was like, we just went and flew, you know, somewhere else for a day. It was cool. Well, he'll be talking about it for a long time. And I remember uh, my, my dad is, is, has been incredible. My whole journey in my life and been very fortunate to have him even when I was young, but we'd go surfing all the time. And, and I, and I mean, I remember those days so clear. I remember the Seven Eleven we went to. I remember the things I would buy at the Seven Eleven before the surf trip. And then we would cruise up and he turned the music on and, and we would go surfing and, and a whole day journey on a Saturday. So uh, the kids will definitely, I tell our friends of mine, I uh, don't have any children myself, but I tell all my friends, like those things you do now with your kids at that age of really six, seven, eight, nine, ten. that, that little window man, is, is some of the best memories I ever had. So that's so awesome. Listen, yeah, couple, a, a couple other things too. I've taken to two NASCAR races live and they are freaking losing their minds, dude. Like they love Chase Elliott. They love Joey Logano and the, and the, and the, the Bush brothers. I mean, just, they're just freaking, it, that's fun too, because, you know, we like loud noises and speed and all that, but they love it. And then, um, God, what was the other thing? Was it NASCAR? And then we did the trips and then, oh, uh, the, the schools that we built in Guatemala. That's been an amazing thing. Uh, I've been able to, to do some stuff with your charity and also yeah. uh, with building schools in Guatemala with the stuff that we've been doing with the Hug It Forward. And that's been amazing, building schools down there. I think it was over 150 plus schools that we built down there as, uh, as an organization. So that's been really powerful. Is it just Money's a tool, right? It gives you the capacity to do things that maybe other people can't do for themselves. And it, it is, it's something that I wish when I was, when I was younger, I didn't understand money. Uh, I thought it was hard to make, but yeah. once I, once I made it and I realized how to make it, it's, it's awesome because it makes you, you've got to be coming to that person that, that you want to attract that kind of money. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means you have to add value. One of the things I, and I'll wrap up with this because then we got another question. One thing I heard this the other day, a couple of years ago, it says, 
a dollar is like a thank you note. Somebody saw you, you've added value to somebody's life. So they gave you a dollar and it's a thank you note saying, you know what? You've added value to my life. So I'm going to give you this dollar, right? As far as business and marketplace, right? So, so basically your bank account is how many thank you notes you have. And the thing is, is you got to look at how much value are you really creating in the world? And I had to, I had to really look at that, look myself in the mirror as well. And I think that this industry of network marketing allows a vehicle that's already there, a compensation plan that's already there. All you really have to do is just learn those people skills and leadership skills, and then just promote, promote your face off. Right. And then just be there for people and believe in them more than they believe in themselves and bring them along. Cause my, my, my belief and my faith carried me until my skill could catch up. And that's for most of us. And so we've got to be there for the next generation of network marketers that are coming up, coming up in the freshman class here. And we got to learn this stuff and we got to be there for them because they want it too. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, two more questions here. The last few will be fun, but, but on that note, because you said it right there is, is this, this young generation that's, that's in network marketing currently now, some of these guys checks are hitting a million dollars a month now. And, and, you know, network marketing financially is very similar to sports and contracts, right? Because most networkers don't do a good job. You said, you know, you thought money was hard to make. I always felt, man, money was so easy for me to make, but much harder to keep. I mean, I learned my <laughs> of spending and I always laughed about that. But seriously, on a serious note, you've done very well for yourself. I know your wife now um, has a few different albums out. She's got some different things going on in her career. So, so you've got that second, third, fourth stream of income. You've got investments that you've made. How important is it, especially for the up and coming young guys here now that are listening in, to do something with your money and not, you listen, like you said, there's a part of being attractive, the cars, the house and all that. You need a little bit of it to get that one group of people who are attracted to that, right? I think in today's world, more and more people aren't getting attracted to that. They're getting more and more attracted to you building homes in Guatemala, like seeing planking with your kids, taking your kid on that, that trip. I think people are starting to see that being as, as, as attractive, if not more, but there's still that group out there. And so how do you, and what are some things that you did along the way to help yourself be financially stable? If network marketing crashed tomorrow, you know, you would still be okay. Well, first I made the mistake that I guess most people make, you know, I blew through my first million. Cause it's like, it was like water, you know, it's like, there's three skills, learn how to make money, learn how to keep it. And then learn, learn how to make it grow. Right. And so uh, one of the things I did is whole life policies, becoming my own bank kind of thing. Yes. Using, using whole life policies to get my money going there. Tax free. Bank on myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously in, in investing a little bit in the stock market, I, I, I'm more of a buy and hold guy. I don't have the time to be looking at day trading type stuff, you know, and some people do that, but I just don't have the emotional. I, I don't want to be up like this. I don't want to be like this every day, like the stock market, right? Or, exactly. you know, and, and really investing back in my business you know, uh, putting a percentage of money aside for, uh, to fly out. Like, here's one thing I, I do a lot is I always have new people at the next event always. And, and, and it's a gut thing for me is if I got somebody in the pipeline and they haven't said no yet, but they haven't said yes yet, I'll fly them out to our next live event. Nice. Right. And now we're, we're, we're actually going to start to do another, uh, our first live event. Uh, you know, in April here in Dallas, which will be cool. And so, so that's the, I want to get them around the campfire because our strongest, our strongest, you know, tool in the company is our culture is our events, right? So I'll fly someone out. So I have a little budget, you know, hotel and air and a ticket to get them to the event, because I know that, you know, more times than not, when they meet the people and they see what's happening, they're going to come on board, right? 
Then also, you know, putting money aside for contests and different things, taking care of your leaders when they hit some major achievement ranks. You can't, you can't give everybody everything all the time, but you do little extra things for your leaders as they're coming up the ranks. The company will give them the award and stuff, but set that money aside because your team helps you get there anyway. So, so do that, do those sort of things. And I've always done that, you know, team dinners for certain leaders and above that I take care of. And, you know, at, at maybe, you know, once, twice a year, things like that is where I spend my money as well. And that, and that investment comes back in a big, big way because they feel part of a family. They don't feel like a number in the organization that they're making me money. They, they feel like they're part of a team and a family. And, Not and totally. yeah. And then also tools. I, I put together an app for my team that I, it's a, it's a free app and that has all kinds of training webinars and, and notifications and all kinds of things for my team. So when somebody joins the team, it's like they download the app immediately, they click on start, they start going through the videos. And then we, that's part of the getting started process and how, how I communicate with all of them. So I invest in tools in, out of my own pocket for my entire team to help them. And so that's, that's another thing that I use my money with. Well, very smart, man. And, and, and I respect that so much. And also just want to give you a shout out too, because like you said, these last 90 days or so have been challenging for you uh, due to some different business circumstances and some things for you guys as a company and, and your new journey that you've stepped into. And I just want you to know, like, I mean, number one, how proud I am of you, but, but for the industry overall, you did the right thing. Like you could have easily left. I mean, how easy would it have been to pick up and go somewhere else and do something different because things weren't going the way that, and it, out of your control, it just, you, it, it happens sometimes, but you stayed the course and you honored your people. Like you said, you stayed in the, in the game and it all worked out. Not only did it work out, <laughs> you guys be on the lookout for Jefferson Santos and his group. This next six months and 12 months, you will hear his name. You will see his people. They are putting together, have already put together what will probably be one of the biggest runs in the history of network marketing. Over these next couple of years, I personally, it's my personal opinion, do not quote me, uh, but this is my personal opinion because I know the people behind the scenes here. And just kudos to you for that, man. And, uh, and, and if you guys you know, are out there today and you're listening, there are great leaders still in our industry. Sometimes our, our industry gets a bad name because certain people do certain things. Jefferson Santos and his team are not even in that, in that ball field. These guys are the real deal. And I'm going to wrap up with some fun stuff for you, man. These are all, I call them my uh, rest in peace, Larry King, uh, uh, fire off questions and have some fun at the end. Just okay. laugh. Look, if you don't know, say I skip it, but uh, we're going to have some fun. So if we're going out for pizza, what are you getting on your pizza? Oh man, I'm getting pepperoni and mushrooms, dude. I love it. I like it. I like it. Your favorite color? Favorite color is black. Nice. I see it. I see it. And uh, if you, um, of all the countries, and you've been to a lot, right? What is your favorite country that you've been to so far that you'd love to go back to again? I'd have to say Italy. Okay, that's yes. cool. The food, they're walking, the, the, the cafes, the pastries, and the pizza and wine. I mean, it's amazing. Okay, I'm gonna. It's on our bucket list to do, and we're gonna do it this year. So I'm glad you said that because uh, Jefferson Santos is recommending a country. I am telling you to go to it. He's been all over the world. Uh, favorite car? I don't have to ask now. Tesla's got to have the the top spot, right? Tesla for sure. And then, uh, God, you know, I, I love the McLarens. You know, I've a couple buddies of mine have had those, but yes, the Tesla is by far my favorite, man, for sure. Nice. You're going to dinner with your wife. It's a surprise dinner. You're getting dressed up. I mean, I told you to take her to the best of the best. What what kind of food and where are you guys going? We like we like steak. You know, we're, we're either seafood or steak. So, you know, a Del Frisco's or a Three Forks type restaurant we love to go to. And but we're foodies, man. We 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 literally can eat anything. Um, 
even if it's a little hole in the wall, Tex-Mex place, which man, we will eat Tex-Mex any time of the day. You can wake us up at three o'clock in the morning. We'll have a margarita and we'll have some, uh, and we'll have some Tex-Mex and we're good to go. I love it, man. I'm the same, same way I tell Kim it's, you know, we, we went to the Four Seasons, which uh, is in, in Puerto Vallarta and, you know, beautiful high-class restaurant. And we go there and we enjoy that moment of what in, is unfolding in front of us. And we experience it that way. Then we can walk right out of the gates and go to this lady's garage taco stand uh, and have just as good quality food and the same kind of fun. And I, I think when you are a foodie, it, the environment's cool, but it's like, man, I just, when you find what you love, you stick to it. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Tex-Mex is great. And uh, so if you're going to go on a trip with the family, do you, would you go beach or would you go snow ski, ski snowboarding type of thing? Man, it's 50-50 because my wife's family is from Montana. So we actually do both. We go to the beach with the kids. We go to the, the mountains and, and the snow with the kids. But I, I would probably say beach. Yeah. Yeah, because they can do the, the sand castles and all of that and, and uh, you know, not worry about getting frostbite or something like that. But <laughs> we do your, both. <laughs> your best financial month in your history of network marketing, bonuses and all. What was your best month? Uh, 275000 in a month so far. So far. Nice. So far. Exactly. Well, Jefferson Santos, I can't, I could sit here for another two hours. Like I feel like we've been just, it's only been five minutes, but uh, we've given this audience, hopefully some value. We've given you some laughs. We've given you some knowledge to, to really help your business. And, you know, again, going back to the foundation of what Jefferson has said, he talked about events and how important they are when COVID is back to normal and, and we're out there to get out to events, talked about personal development. Uh, we talked about the what the, in simple term is the slight edge philosophy, right? It was him doing a few simple things consistently over a period of time that when the the opportunity arose, uh, which was his in network marketing, and even when it arose, it didn't happen overnight. It took nine years to, to break six figures. Guys, think about that too for a second as you're listening and closing out here. Nine years before he got to six figures. Some of you are wanting to give up now. You've only been in for six months. Some of you have been around for a year or two and you're struggling. Here's a guy who's now making millions, almost 275,000 in one month before, but it took him nine years to get there. So any closing remarks uh, to my good friend here, Jefferson Santos, thank you so much. On behalf of the life of a networker and the podcast here, you're one of the early founders here with us and, and getting involved because this thing will eventually go to the whole industry all over the world. We'll translate it in different languages. And to be able to say that I had Jefferson on one of my first shows, uh, my top, you know, my five, top five shows, I think, it's an honor for me, man. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. It truly uh, means a lot to me. But any closing comments for you to close out today? For sure, Mike. It, it is an honor to be on this show, man, to help you kick this thing off. And, you know, my, my water bottle for one of my good buddies, Brendan Bouchard, uh, honor the struggle. It says honor the struggle. And that's what you have to do. I mean, that's how we're going to get better. That's how we're going to get stronger is you have to honor the struggle. Embrace the suck, as they say in the Marines, right? And, you know, when you add up from where I was in fourth grade to when I finally made six figures my first year in network marketing, that was 19 years of not getting what I wanted. 19 years, almost two decades. And so once again, put one foot in front of the other. You have to ask yourself, what's the alternative? You can go back to some other life or are you going to go, go forward and prove this out and prove to people and prove to yourself that you are made for this, that you can do this, that other people are relying on you because they are. And so it's our responsibility to go become great uh, and show your greatness. So we can go, uh, you know, have that ripple effect throughout the, uh, not just in your lifetime, but you know, many lifetimes beyond you. So uh, with that said, I, I look forward to uh, the next show that we do and 
And, uh, you know, just, just, just to connect with me in any other way, it's connectwithjefferson.com. You can find all my social media things there on connectwithjefferson.com. And, you know, Mike, once again, it's an honor, my friend, uh, you and your wife are just amazing people. And I appreciate each and everything, uh, all that you do right now for the industry as well. Uh, thank you, my friend. And thank you to our listeners. We will see you soon. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Thank you for listening to The Life of a Networker. We really hope you have gotten some inspiration or value from listening to our show. For more info or to reach out, visit us at thelifeofanetworker.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Tell2 app, powered by RapidFunnel. It's not just another app, it's an entirely new technology category. The Tell2 app gives you a genuine way to build real relationships with your customers and get quality referrals with less work from you. Go to tell2app.com and build your brand, your way, and tell your story better.